0: You?
1: Ask a film fan to name the directors who left their fingerprints on American cinema in the 1970s, and chances are they will plumb for Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Some others might mention Robert Altman or Hal Ashby, and yet others might even stretch for William Friedkin or Peter Bogdanovich. And that, I think, is because all these directors are, or at least were at some point, considered auteurs. That's the aggrandizing title afforded to directors, whose body of work has consistent strains running through it. Stylistically and thematically, there is a cohesion that separates and elevates them from the rest. One look at a movie and you say, oh, only Spielberg could have done that, or trademarks, for se. But Sidney Lumet was often overlooked, and I can't imagine why. He died last week and he left behind a body of work that equals, if not surpasses, some of the names already mentioned. 12 Angry Men, Failsafe, The Hill, The Pawnbroker, The Offense, Serpico, Dog Day Afternoon, Network, Prince of the City, Power, Running on Empty, Q&A. 12 Angry Films. In total, five of Lumet's films have been preserved in the United States Library of Congress for their cultural, historical and aesthetic significance. With that evidence, it's odd that people have been saying that Lumet did not have a unique film style. If anyone tries to peddle you with that line, you know that they don't know anything about movies. Lumet's style was this. He wrote a new one for each film, adapting it to meet the measurements and demands of each story. His preferred subject was the law and the corruption of it. And finally then, how it affects us as individuals. You see, his movies were really about moral law, not just justice. Tied to that, there was a quintessential Lumet shot, Lumet's canvas was the psyche, and for that he knew that there was no better landscape than the human face. It is the map of the mind, and again and again and again in his movies, he tracked in from a wide shot and ended on the close-up, giving you a front-row view of the eyes of the character, a look into their soul. Just look at 12 Angry Men.
0: Everything, every single thing that took place in that courtroom, but I mean everything, says he's guilty. What do you think, I'm an idiot or something?
1: Now let's take a look at the verdict. I consider it to be Lumet's greatest film, and in it, Paul Newman gives his greatest performance as a lawyer so washed up, the term ambulance chaser does not cover it. He's an alcoholic, runs so low, he hangs around funeral homes and approaches the bereaved, claiming to have been friends of the person just passed away. Galvin has not won a case in years, but then a colleague throws him a medical malpractice case. It's all but assured that the defense will settle for a large amount. Galvin will be fighting for a woman who was left in a vegetative state and slowly, Ever so slowly, over the course of the story, Galvin sees the case as his last shot at redemption. You think I'm pushy now? Wait till I get you up there on a stand.
0: Well, maybe you just better do that then. You know, you guys are all the same. You don't care who you hurt. What you care about is a dollar. You're a bunch of whores. You've got no loyalty, no nothing. You're a bunch of whores.
1: Now, traditionally in movies, you have a star in the foreground of the picture, front and centre for the audience to see and because the star is in the foreground you put the light there also. That's why they're called stars, so they're nice and bright. But Lumet did something different for the verdict. He put the light in the background, kept the foreground dark and that was where he put his star. Yes, that was Paul Newman of the legendary blue eyes standing in the dark. Now, when you see something brightly lit on screen, your mind's eye brings it that little bit closer. By contrast, if something is dimly lit, your mind's eye pushes it that bit further away. So with Frank Galvin in the darkened foreground, the background comes a little bit closer and it looks as if Frank Galvin's environment were crowding in on him. Why? Because that's the way Galvin feels about himself, trapped and claustrophobic and frightened. That sensibility can be seen in many of Lumet's films.
0: You have a mercantile heritage. You are a merchant. You're known as a usurer, a man with secret resources, a witch, a pawnbroker, a sheenie, a mocky, and a kite.
1: That's The Pawnbroker from 1964, the first Hollywood film that addressed the Holocaust from the point of view of the victims. Rod Steiger plays Saul Naserman, a man who may have survived the death camps, but who was now in New York constructing his own living prison.
0: Discipline. The arm is run on discipline. I'm a regular soldier because I couldn't get a bloody job in Sippy Street. But I was a good toy, clockwork soldier, just like you are. You throw an order at me and I could pick it up like a dog picks up a bone.
1: That was Sean Connery in The Hill, which Lumet made in 1965. It's about prisoners in a North African military jail in World War II, and looking at it, you see that when people go to war, they often fight themselves.
0: If they would take all that energy, see, put it into straight police work, we'd have the city cleaned up in a week. If they'd clean up, there'd be no crime. If I could work alone, that's the thing, see. If I could just get work alone. But they don't like that, see, They they don't want that. They want to suck you in.
1: That's Serpico starring Al Pacino in a story about corruption in the New York Police Department. Pacino was great in that picture, but he, when he worked again with Lumet in Dog Day Afternoon, he became someone else. It's by far his greatest performance, and in fact, several actors found their career bests under the direction of Sidney Lumet. Sean Connery, Rod Steiger, Nick Nolte, Andy Garcia, River Phoenix, Timothy Hutton, Peter Finch. Because, of course, there's this.
0: I'm as mad as hell! hell! I'm not going take this anymore.
1: When it was released in 1976, Network was regarded as satire, but as the years have rolled by and we have allowed Rupert Murdoch to pollute our living spaces, we see it more and more and more as a frightening prophecy. But let's go back to the auteurs, Coppola, Scorsese, Lucas and Spielberg. They all went to film school and it didn't hurt their careers. Lumet didn't go to film school. Instead, he came from theater and then he went to work in television. And if you put them together, you get live TV. And that was Lumet's training ground. Before he directed his first feature film, he had directed literally hundreds and hundreds of teleplays. Armed with that knowledge, you have a director who knew about working quickly without any frills. He knew about drama, he knew about character, and above all, he could get a performance. I think the element that accounts for the longevity of Lumet's career is that he understood a great deal about the human condition, what makes people tick, their sense of justice, ambition, greed, pain, yearning, loss, envy, love and hate. Just listen to this. Get
0: out! Go anywhere you want, go to a hotel, go live with her, but don't come back. Because after 25 years of building a home and raising a family and all the senseless pain that we have inflicted on each other, I'm damned if I'm gonna stand here and have you tell me you're in love with somebody else. weekend with your secretary is it or or some broad that you picked up after three belts of booze this is your great winter romance isn't it your last roar of passion before you settle into your emeritus years is that what's left for me is that my share she gets the winter passion and I get the dotage what am I supposed to do am I supposed to sit home knitting and pearling while you slink back like some penitent drunk I'm your wife damn it And if you can't wake up, I want passion for me. The least I require is respect and allegiance.
1: That was Beatrice Strait again in Network. And she was on screen for less than six minutes, but still won the Oscar for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. And that is a measure of Lumet's brilliance. Conscious as he was that film is a business and you need a star. He also knew that there was no such thing as a supporting role. He knew that we all play the lead role in our own lives. And to quote the great man himself, there's no such thing as a small part. There are just small actors. Sidney Lamette stood only five feet, five inches tall, but he left a big, big mark on cinema. He died last week at the age of 86, far too young.